If you will stand with me uh, this morning, I want to read a few verses in your hearing from the book of Numbers chapter 20. The book of Numbers chapter 20 and verse 14. We want to read, um, uh, let's see, we'll read down through uh, verse 16. Numbers chapter 20 and verse 14. And Moses sent messengers from Kadesh unto the king of Edom. Thus saith thy brother Israel, Thou knowest all the travail that hath befallen us, how our fathers went down into Egypt, and we have dwelt in Egypt a long, long, I added the second long, for the purpose of emphasizing, a long, 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 long time. And the Egyptians vexed us and our fathers. And when we cried unto the Lord, he heard our voice. Aren't you glad the Lord hears your voice when you cry unto him? And sent an angel and hath brought us forth out of Egypt, and behold, we are in Kadesh, a city in the uttermost of thy border. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Uh, there are two words that have been going through um, my mind over and over um, during the last seven to ten days, and uh, it is what I want to talk to you about today. And the two words that have been going through my mind and my heart are these words, expect delays, expect delays. Now, part of why those two words have been going through my mind is because it's on an enormous sign on Emerson in between the church and my house, both directions. And so when I drive down Emerson, going south, there is a big sign. If you've driven down there, you've seen it. You can't miss it. Expect delays. Road work will begin 831. So I thought that meant that the flow of traffic was going to be delayed because they were going to have to shut off one lane and do road work. But as I've driven by that sign on September the 1st and September the 3rd and September the 5th and September the 7th and September the 9th and September the 11th and now today, which is what, the 13th, I realize that expect delays was truth in advertising. Road work will begin 831, expect delays. And so I was asking the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want your people to hear on this beautiful day in the middle of September? And I drove by that sign and the Lord said, here's your sign. Expect delays. And so I want to talk to you today about that principle. And I hope to be able to show you from the Bible numerous examples where God works 
but he doesn't work according to your time clock and not according to my time clock. He's a God that works according to his perfect will. And many, many times when it comes to us getting what we want from God, there are delays. Now, we should be prepared for those because over the past six to seven months, we've had to learn to live with delays. Everything is delayed, right? We're delayed in all of these safety precautions. We're delayed in the temperature screening and health questions and, and mass preparations and hand sanitizing stations. And I was even reading the other day where they're trying to figure out when and how they can start up the cruises again. And they said, if you were one of these people that flew in on the day that your cruise ship left, you can forget that. From now on, you're going to have to fly in the day before because it takes several hours now to go through all the testing and everything that's going to be required before they let you get on the cruise ship. Now, we live in Florida. We don't fly in the day before. But for people coming from out of the country and from other states, and when they finally do get back, it's not going to be back to like it used to be. And then I read something that was very troubling. They're going to do away with all the buffet eating. That's the only reason I went on a cruise. Like I need to eat more. And so here we are with all of these uh, changes and all of these delays. It takes longer to get into a store. It takes longer to get something. They got all these safety precautions. And we've had to just learn to live with it, right? It's not a lot you can do. You can just live frustrated or you can deal with the delays. I, I'm, you may have had this experience, but a few months ago I was trying to call, you know, Delta Airlines and get you know, refunded for all these flights that have been canceled. And, and uh, we had six overseas crusades that were canceled. And so, you know, we're trying to get up. And, and Delta, I think, sent everybody home in March and April and said, uh, people are going to want refunds, so let's just not answer the phone. <laughs> and they were very effective at that. They just sent everybody home, you know. And I decided one day I was going to persevere, so I... I got on the phone and, and they said, you can expect a delay. And I said, yeah, I expected that before I called. And you can expect a delay and yes, and you can expect a delay and yes, and yes, and yes. And three hours later, I just passed out and my phone battery died and I gave up. But you can expect a delay. Now, though we get used to that in the culture that we're in today, spiritually speaking, it's still difficult for us because we feel like we pray and nothing happens. We pray for a miracle. We pray for an answer. We pray for a healing. And it seems like we just get put on hold. Well, let me tell you why it feels that way. Because you are being put on hold. You didn't like that, did you? Heaven puts us on hold. And that's uncomfortable. Why, God? I'm your favorite believer. I'm your favorite customer. I am faithful to church. I'm faithful to uh, paying my tithes. I'm faithful, Lord, to worshiping you. I'm faithful to my Bible reading. Why am I on hold? Well, first of all, and I'm going to give you four or five reasons why you can expect spiritual delays. But first of all, let me establish this foundational point, And that is that you are not in a spiritual delay because God just enjoys 
frustrating his people. That's not why we're on a delay. It's not just because God's like, let's really have a lot of fun with those human beings. I know they're praying a lot, but this will be fun. We'll make them think they're going to get a miracle, but then we'll just push it off for a long time. And it'll be funny to watch how they react. That's not the kind of God that you serve. Now, if I was your God, there's a possibility that I would have some mischievous alternative motive. But that's not the kind of God you serve. God is a God that delays on purpose. It's not by accident. And it's not just that God has lost your zip code or that there's so many believers that you just don't count. That's not it. There is a purpose and a reason while God delays the answer. And one of the things I want to establish is this. Just because God says not yet does not mean God said no. You know, when you were a kid and you asked your parents if you could go to Disney World on Saturday and they said this, you remember these two words? We'll see. We'll see. Now, as, as a child, you, you learn quickly that we'll see is code for no but I don't want to have to deal with the aftermath of you not wanting to hear no. So we'll kick the can down the road with a we'll see. And so after the 10th time of a we'll see, you learn as a kid that we'll see means no. And you go, well, what do you mean we'll see? Well, why? Or, yeah, and you file a complaint. And your parents do what Delta does, put you on hold. Well, a lot of times we take that and we put that as a template over our spiritual understanding of how God works and we hear a not yet and we think that means no. That doesn't necessarily mean no. That just means that you're not ready yet for the answer. And that's what's hard to take in. You're not ready yet for the answer. How many of you are thankful that they don't give driver's license to seven and eight-year-olds? I'm so glad to see you, Brian. Love you guys. There's a reason why you don't give a driver's license to a toddler or to an adolescent. I'm not even sure why they give them to teenagers. Now that I'm 50 plus, I don't know exactly why we give driver's license to teenagers. In fact, number of years ago when I was in uh, the island of Okinawa doing a crusade there among the military bases, there was um, a lot of people that, that started telling us about the island of Okinawa. People live longer on that island than anywhere in the world. It, they routinely live 100, 104, 106. So I would really like to live that long. So I was investigating what all they did and how they did it. And I think there's even some kind of little uh, berries or something you can order in a little jar and they come from the island of Okinawa. They sell them, you know, on television ads or something. And they say, if you eat these, you'll live to be 104. That's not the real reason. I can save all of you guys a whole bunch of money. Let me tell you what I learned when I was on the island of Okinawa. And I think this is why people live so long. You can't get a driver's license until you're 21. See there? That was free. That just came. You, didn't, you still get it for the same price of your offer. That's just a part of understanding. 
21. And now that I have twin 16-year-old boys, I'm thinking 21 is a really good idea. Well, you say, Pastor, you're just a mean father. Well, you come and drive with Gregory and Luke for a little while, and then <laughs> you'll come over to my side. But let's talk for a little bit about, and I want to give you five things. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of them. Well, let's talk about five, five reasons why you and I can expect delays. And of course, you know we're talking about spiritual delays. The first one is this. The delay is positioning you for a double portion. The delay is positioning you for a double portion. In fact, let me just say something on the heels of it. The greater the delay, the greater the reward. See, delays aren't all that bad now, are they? I mean, if I knew that when Delta finally did pick up the phone, my ticket was 500, but they were going to double it and give me a $1,000 credit, I wouldn't have as much problem with the delay. Because I would know that there was a bonus in getting through the delay. When you and I understand that God owns the cattle of a thousand hills, he is a God of abundance. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. If you and I can get a revelation that God is a God of double portions, uh, if you and I will just say, Lord, I'm going to just believe you, hallelujah, and I'm not going to get impatient. I know you're setting me up. You know, here's something you got to realize, that sometimes a setback is a setup. Sometimes you may encounter something and you feel like, boy, this is a setback. But actually, it's a setup. Because God's got something great for you. You look at the children of Israel, and of course, you know, Moses was talking to the king of Edom in the verses that we read. And he said, look, we have been in Egypt a long, long time. The children of Israel were not only delayed, and I think you would agree with me, 400 years is a delay. 400 years. I mean, I'm complaining about three hours on the phone. Can you imagine a 400-year delay? No wonder they begin to think that God just didn't hear their cry anymore. They were definitely on a delay. And then they were also delayed in getting to the promised land. Another 40 years in the wilderness. I mean, the entire transformation from prisoner to promised land was marked with delays. Just expect a delay. Even the Bible says that the hardened heart of Pharaoh was part of God's delays. He literally hardened the heart of Pharaoh. So that Pharaoh would say, nah, I don't think I'm going to let you go. Now that all the frogs are gone, I'm feeling better about you guys all staying here. Every time one of the plagues was over, he would change his mind back, change his mind back, change his mind. Why in the world were there all of these delays? And when you look in the Word of God, it gets even more curious because the Lord says he hardened Pharaoh's heart. He's the one that gave Pharaoh a bad attitude so that Pharaoh would change his mind again. Some of you have got a boss like that. You're like, Lord, I wish you would quit hardening his heart because he keeps changing his mind. <laughs> You see what's happening, don't you? God was setting up the children of Israel. He wanted the children of Israel to know that he was a God that could do the miraculous. 
And all of those plagues was showing the children of Israel the power of God. Because he was getting ready to do miracles that were going to be an everyday occurrence. Every day when all that manna showed up out there on the desert, there was one more day that God was working in the miraculous. When all those quails came down and flew real low, they just went out there and grabbed them out of the sky. That was one more day that God was doing the miraculous. The Bible says that even their clothes didn't wear out. God was setting them up. Even when they got to the Red Sea, the Bible said he had them camp where it looked like they were in an ambush. But oh, when those Egyptian soldiers came down and the Red Sea opened up, it was all part of God's plan because the delay was a setup to give them an even greater breakthrough. Ladies and gentlemen, you may be facing a delay and you're like, I've been praying about this for a long time and it doesn't seem like my answer is coming. It's because he's positioning you for something even greater, something even bigger. You know, we read in the Bible about Jacob. He was pretty impetuous by nature. Jacob, you remember Jacob? He had this twin brother Esau, and uh, Esau was older than him by a few minutes, and so Esau was supposed to get the birthright. The oldest son got all the, the spiritual, financial blessings, became the leader. Well, Jacob wanted it. Jacob was impatient. Jacob, you know, stole his brother's birthright and then went to his father and feigned that he was his brother. And, you know, his brother had hairy arms. The Bible describes it. His mother helped him. They put, you know, sheep skins and all this stuff to make it like he was his brother because his father Isaac was blind and he got the blessing. And then when Esau found out about it, he put a bounty out on his head. So Jacob had to run. And so Jacob's way out in the wilderness and the Lord shows up. Isn't God good? When everybody else rejects you, the Lord comes near. What a great God we serve. He has that great dream and he sees the vision and the ladder and angels ascending and descending. The Lord says, like, I'll be your God. And, and so finally, here, gets right, uh, here, here comes Jacob and he comes to where he's supposed to go. He's supposed to go find his uncle Laban. And I mean, it's not like you just had GPS and you went down and got on a plane or drove down the street. I mean, you're just out there wandering. And, and here they're at a well and, and these girls are coming to get water and, and these other shepherds are being rude to them and so forth. And he comes in and defends them. And they're like, oh, oh, stranger boy, we love you. You're our hero. We're taking you home to daddy. So he goes back and daddy was Laban, his uncle. And so Basically, he's in love with his cousin. I don't know how else to say it. And Rachel, he sees Rachel. He says, oh, I love Rachel, 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 Rachel. I got to marry Rachel. And his uncle says, that sounds great. But you're going to work for me for seven years. Then we'll talk about this marriage business. Now, I thought, wow, that's really an ancient custom. But as my daughter gets older, I think more and more of how valuable that is in 2020. So if there's a boy at some point in the future that wants to marry Sophia, I think I'm going to say, you have to come and work in the church for seven years. I got Bible for it. <laughs> and so he works. and then, I mean, seven years, it's like one day because he's going out there getting up early. He's working in the field. He's dealing with all the manure, the animals and all of this. But then he sees Rachel. He's like, oh. And after seven years, finally, seven years is over. Seven years, the equivalent of seven months of COVID. <laughs> and he gets to the altar and he's like, oh, this is my wife. It's going to be awesome. They marry, they do their vows. He pulls the veil back to kiss her. And it's like, you're not Rachel, you're Leah. Her older sister, 
Leah's smiling, you know, she's got teeth all missing and stuff. Jacob's like, whoa, wait a second. He's like, Pastor, you're just making that up. The Bible said she was not fair to look upon. You figure it out. And he goes to his father-in-law and goes, wait, wait a second here. We, you know, you said seven years. And, and Laban says, that's right. But Leah's the oldest, so you have to marry her first. But if you work seven more years, you get Rachel. And guess what Jacob does? Work seven more years. Now, I'm sure he felt like he was cheated. I'm sure he felt like he was being delayed unfairly. But he needs to be thankful for Leah. Because if it wasn't for Leah, there'd be two tribes of Israel, not 12 tribes of Israel. Because 12 tribes of Israel came from the 12 sons of Jacob, and 10 of those came from Leah. And he learned to love Leah. And whenever he died... He said, bury me with Leah. Folks, there may be blessings in your life right now that you don't even see. They're disguised. And you see it as more of a burden than a blessing. But God sees the end from the beginning. And what may seem like God's not hearing your cry, it could be that God is preparing you for something so much bigger, so much greater. He loved Rachel, but Rachel died giving birth to the second son, Benjamin. Of course, the first son was Joseph, and, and Joseph became the great leader. But you have to understand that God is in the business of giving you and I more than what we can even imagine, than we can even ask for, that we can even think of. We say, Lord, here's what we want. And the Lord's like, I'm going to give them so much more. But you've got to be willing to say, God, the delay just means there's a greater blessing coming. So I'm not going to be weary in my well-doing. I'm just going to keep on keeping on, Lord. And I know you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Expect delays, but also expect greater blessings. John 11, as Brother Richie mentioned in the Sunday school class today, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, brothers, uh, Lazarus, of course, being their brother, and Mary, Martha, two sisters, they were all friends of the Lord. They lived in Bethany, and they uh, had sent word out that Lazarus had gotten sick, and they needed Jesus to come and pray, and Jesus was there with all the multitude, and he was pushing and pressing, and, and finally they got word to him, and they said, just, uh, just forget it, uh, he's already he's already passed. There's no reason to hurry anymore. Um, he's passed. He's not, he's not sick anymore. And there's something that happens that's really interesting. And it appears, in fact, Martha even sort of rebuked the Lord when he finally got to Bethany. Jesus, if thou hast been here, my brother would not have died. So in other words, what took you so long? Why did you delay? And he said, your brother will rise again. Well, I know he will in the resurrection of the last day. And he says to Martha, I am the resurrection. Oh, my friend, I know right now you may feel like you're in a delay, but can I tell you, he's still the same God, hallelujah, that can give you a miracle in the midst of the chaos. I am the resurrection. And when they brought word to Jesus before he ever got there, verse 14 of John 11 says, Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 
And then he says this, and this makes it even more curious. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. Say what? Can you imagine being a sibling of Lazarus and hearing Jesus say, he's dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I wasn't there. That sounds really harsh. But then he says, to the intent, now this is the purpose. Remember we talked about how there's always a purpose in the delay? To the intent, ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) Because the Lord knows the future, you can expect delays. But it doesn't mean that God cannot perform the work. It doesn't mean that God is perplexed. It doesn't mean that God is busy. It means that God has something even greater up his sleeve. (laughs) You know why he told him that? Because this was one of the last miracles Jesus did before he went to the cross. And he was setting them up to believe that this is not just a this is not just a prophet that, that has special supernatural powers that can heal lame legs and heal blind eyes and withered hands. This is God manifest in the flesh. This is a God that can raise from the dead. And he wanted to raise Lazarus from the dead, which he did. Three days he was dead, but he went and stood in the front of that tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus, come up out of that tomb. And they had to unwrap him so he could walk. And he wanted all of the followers to realize this, hallelujah, is a God of resurrection power. It may be that God has delayed so that even a bigger miracle is going to be on display. He's setting us up for a double portion. Second, I got to hurry. Second reason is that we are not in the right place yet for the answer. We're not in the right place yet for the answer. And the best way to illustrate this is to look in John 5. John 5 tells about the sick people that would gather in those five porches around the pool of Bethesda. There were springs that were underneath that came up and and the Bible says that once a year, the angels came down, troubled the water, and whoever was first in the water would be healed. And Jesus just went there walking amongst all the people. Verse 6 of John 5, we pick up the narrative. It says, when Jesus saw him lie, he's, he's, he goes and sees a man that has, that's lame. And he says, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He had been in that condition a long time. And Jesus knew it, whether he knew it supernaturally or he knew it from something he saw, but he knew it. So he said unto him, wilt thou be made whole? Now that seems like a really, really frivolous question to ask. He's at the pool of Bethesda. He's been there a long time and he's lame. Of course he wants to be made whole. Why would the Lord ask such a question? And when you read this, you have to see that he asked that question for a reason. Look at verse 7. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, I got nobody to help me. So I have to try to get there on my own. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. In other words, 
he wasn't positioned right. He couldn't get close enough to the water. He didn't have anybody to help him. And he had some, sounds like some pretty legitimate reasons why he had not yet made it into the water first. Now, he was demonstrating what we could see were physical indicators that he wasn't yet in the right place. But what the Lord saw were some spiritual reasons that he wasn't in the right place. Now follow me. Jesus saith unto him, he didn't say to him, well, boy, I understand that. I, man, I feel, I, I hate that. You don't have a friend or you don't have anybody here to help you. And, you man, you're all by yourself and you poor guy and you haven't been able to get down there. Man, that's totally understandable. Jesus didn't say all the stuff that we as modern day pastors would have said. Nope, not Jesus. Here's what Jesus says, because he's Jesus. Jesus saith unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. Now you've got to understand this. The lame man has given Jesus all external reasons as to why he hasn't been healed. A man hadn't helped me. You know, I'm not close enough to water. I can't get in first. Da, 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 da. While I'm going, somebody else steps in front of me. It's everybody else's fault. I don't have a friend. Blah, 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 blah. And Jesus says, he don't say poor you. He doesn't say, let's go see if we can find a friend. He says to the man, rise, take up your bed and walk. In other words, your miracle is within your own power. Boy, if you get this revelation, it'll change the rest of your life. If you can get a revelation that the Lord is trying to position you and me so that we don't blame external forces. Well, I go through because of this that happened to me when I was a kid, and, and if I had more money, I'd be able to do more for God, and if I could do this, and if somebody else, and people would treat me better, and if I had better parents, and if I hadn't gone through a divorce, and blah, 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 blah. And the whole time, you know what's happening? You're getting further and further away from the pool of Bethesda. But here's what God wants to know. Will you rise, take up your bed, and walk? If you'll pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and say, I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I'm going to overcome by the blood of Jesus. I'm going to get my miracle. Now you're positioned. Now you're positioned for the miraculous. But until that time, expect delays. You say, well, I don't know if that's really what happened. Well, let's read a little further. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath, the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured. You'd think everybody would stand around and say, isn't that awesome? Have a worship service. The man that was lame is walking now. Woo, what a miracle. Hallelujah. Somebody start banging a tambourine or something. No, look what this crowd did. It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. But he used to be lame, and now he's walking. Yeah, but he's not supposed to carry his bed on the Sabbath. If you and I are not careful, we can nitpick on something and miss the miracle of the moment. Miss the miraculous. 
by being preoccupied with the mundane. Sometimes you got to just back away from it all and say, God, you are great and greatly to be praised. I don't understand why I'm going through this, but I know you got everything in your control and I'm just going to keep on worshiping. I'm going to keep on believing and I'm going to take this opportunity to praise you. He answered them. <laughs> He's still got the same nature though. Watch this. They said, hey, you're breaking the law. You can't carry your bed. Where's your mask? <laughs> I'm glad you got the Holy Ghost. I'm glad you've been healed. I'm glad your arm grew back. But you're not wearing a mask. Got quiet right there, didn't it? And then listen to what this guy says. He answered them, he that made me whole. He's still blaming other people. I mean, he's only been healed a few moments. He said, there was another guy. He come up here and he said, take up thy bed. Well, it's not my, I'm just doing following orders. And they said, well, who, who is this man? What man is this? Verse 12, that said, thee, take up thy bed and walk. And he, he that was healed wist not. He didn't know who he was. He's like, I don't know. He was right here. He had sandals and a bathrobe on. I don't know. Everybody's, who's, where? I don't know. He's, and look what the Lord had done. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. The Lord on purpose moseyed on through and got lost in the crowd because you know what? He didn't want that man to point to him because that man would then think that he couldn't be a worshiper unless Jesus was standing next to him. The Lord is trying to get you and I to realize, hallelujah, that you can worship God in any situations. you got to dig down deep in the midst of your own struggles, in the midst of your trials. you got to dig down and say, wait a second, I'm an overcomer. Hallelujah. I'm going to be a worshiper, not a whiner. Come on. I'm not going to live in pain all my life. I'm going to see, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. He was not positioned for his answer because he was not in a place to step out in faith. Once you get to that place, you'll start to see things start to happen. So that's the second possible reason. i got to hurry. Number three, the delay is for the purpose of preparation. See, there's a lot of times the Lord is still preparing us. Now, we think we're ready, but we're not. But we don't realize we're not. So the Lord just keeps preparing us. David though he was anointed as a boy to be the king of Israel. His delays were numerous. Joseph was gifted and given visions as a young man, but he was delayed with jealous brothers and false charges from supervisors, and eventually he was delayed by prison where everybody forgot him except God. <laughs> you may think you've been overlooked at your job. You've been overlooked by family. I've come to tell you that you haven't been overlooked by God. He keeps good books, hallelujah, and one day it's going to be worth it all. Hallelujah. All you got to do is just put one foot in front of the other and say, God's given me a dream, and I'm not going to let the dream die in this position that I'm in. God is preparing me. Sure, I'm in a delay, but I'm still moving forward, hallelujah, and I'm going to keep on going because God's going to fulfill what he put in my heart years ago. Come on, don't let your dream die. Moses spent more than 40 years in the wilderness. Though he was directed as a child down the Nile River floating in a little basket. David, Joseph, Moses, 
Obviously, the hand of God was upon them when they were just boys. Most of their life was a delay. They could have all three missed out on what God was preparing them for if they would have gotten frustrated with the delay. So I say to you today, don't fight the delay. Expect the delay. Because God says you're not ready yet. Number four, your delay is a test of your devotion. Your delay is a test of your devotion. The Lord wants to know if you love him for the answer or do you love him whether you get the miracle or not. Paul, he prayed and said, Lord, I I got this thorn in the flesh and I'm asking you to remove it. The Lord didn't answer. Delay, delay, delay. Paul kept on praying. Finally, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. What are you saying, Lord? I'm saying it's not going to go away. But I'm going to give you what you need to make it every day. And are you still going to love me? Even though you don't get the answer? Or is your devotion to God and is my devotion to God only based on what God can give us as if he's some spiritual Santa Claus? He wants to know, do you love me in the bad? Do you love me when the skies are dry? Do you love me when the plains are hard? Do you love me when there's no sun in the sky? Do you love me when everything's dry and barren? And the answer hasn't come. That's what God wants to know. I'm here to tell you. That's why the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we don't know if he's going to deliver us from the fire or not. But here's what we do know. He is able and we're not going to bow. In other words, it's not going to change our devotion level whether we're delivered or not. Paul said, if I live as Christ, if I die as gain, it don't matter how you shake it, I'm not giving up what I believe in. Oh, now you're getting ready for the miraculous uh, when you say, God, it doesn't matter whether you answer. Mm. Finally, the fifth one, and I'm not sure if they have it back there, but I've added this one. Your delay is directed by unseen forces. There's a constant battle in the spirit world. Job didn't realize why he was struggled for so long. The delay was directed by unseen forces. And he finally had to say, I've looked to the right, to the left, I've gone forward, I've gone back, I've done everything I know to do. Here's where I got to settle. He knows the way that I take. And when I'm tried, I shall come forth as gold. Daniel prayed three times a day. The Bible says his, hair, his, his prayers were hindered by prince of that providence. Spiritual forces that hinder. Finally, there was a breakthrough in the spirit world. There may be a barrier. It doesn't have anything to do with you. It's just an iron dome in the spirit world. But I've come to give you a word of encouragement. God's going to have the final say. It may not be today. 
may not be tomorrow, but in the end, God's going to have the final say. With Daniel, heaven broke through. With Job, God gave him everything ten times as much. I don't know what the enemy's tried to steal from you, but can I tell you that though your enemy is a thief and a liar, your God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him and one day it's going to be worth it all and one day the heavens are going to open up and that that you have prayed for for 20, 25 years has not been lost in space. It's been an answer that's been on its way. You might as well go ahead and rejoice in advance of it. I'm going to go ahead and bless the Lord now. I'm not going to wait till I can see it. I'm going to go ahead and thank him and say, God, the delay has not deterred me. I know I'm being positioned and placed and prepared. You stand to your feet. We were in South Africa a few years ago. We visited the Kruger National Park, which is an area as big as Israel. Wild animals roam free, lions walking down the the little dirt roads you drive your little land rover around or you have a guide to show you this and that it's an amazing place thousands and thousands of acres and one of the things that we learned when we were there with the missionary and the guide was telling us about Kruger and I think it was 2016 the guide said something that I've never been able to forget he said this is one of the biggest droughts that they've had in numerous decades Many animals were dying because of a lack of water. And the guy told us that in typical conditions, there would be a number of impalas giving birth to their young about now. But because the rains have not come, they can delay the birth of their young until the rains come. He said, and when the rains start to come, even before you see the rain, said the animals know and they start giving birth and he said tens of thousands of impalas will fill these plains and we know rain is coming I, I had never heard of such a thing but I was so intrigued I came home and started researching it and I found out that indeed there is something called embryonic diapause has been observed in more than 100 species of mammals. Mammals can undergo diapause to avoid the risk to their own lives during unfavorable or environmental conditions. Mammals use embryotic diapause to time the birth of their offspring for favorable metabolic and or environmental conditions. Reproduction has a large energy cost and it is beneficial to have ideal conditions, e.g., Available food, mild weather, previous offspring already weaned to ensure the offspring survives before giving birth. And while much is unknown as to the factors that contribute to the hibernation and the activation of the embryo, what is known is that little to no development takes place while the embryo is maintained in a state of dormancy. 
And as a result, the normal gestation period is extended for an unlimited period of time until the rains start to come. And the mother knows that if I give birth to this young, there's going to be enough water for my baby to survive. Sometimes our promises may not be able to come to fruition yet because the rains are not here yet to sustain the miracle. I don't know why it seems like we've been on pause for seven months in the midst of COVID-19, but I tell you what I'm feeling in the spirit. The Bible says the latter rain will be greater than the former rain. And I feel like we're being set up for a lot of babies to be born, for there to be a great revival, for our unsaved children to come home. There's coming a time and a season like you cannot believe. may not yet be conducive to support the birth of the miraculous but it's coming I said it's coming it's coming and as soon as we get enough moisture in the atmosphere the babies can begin to be born as soon as we feel the atmosphere with praise, as soon as we feel the atmosphere with faith, as soon as we feel the atmosphere with a spirit of intercessory prayer, I've come to tell you, it's not that the babies aren't going to be born. It's just a matter of time. I say to this great church of East Wind believers, I say it's time to go ahead and get in an atmosphere of moisture. Let the heavens open up. Fill the atmosphere with your prayer. Fill the atmosphere with your faith. Fill the atmosphere. Come on, would you lift your hands and your voice right now? Come on, I'm not going to depend on music. I'm not going to depend on anybody else praying for me. I'm not going to depend on a praying mom or dad. Come on, I'm going to do it myself. Come on, rise up, take up your bed and walk. He caught a robosia. She's not a robosia. Hallelujah.